Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Welcome to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. The National Archives is set to hand over to the House Oversight Committee 62,000 pages of Joe Biden records when he was vice president, phone calls and stuff like that, because Joe Biden used a pseudonym, a phony name on a number of transmissions that he made. So all of this data is coming this week to the House Oversight Committee. All right. Now, I'm confused, which is not a good thing. There is the Presidential Records Act, which says that a vice president and a president, all of their correspondence has to be logged. And when they leave office, it has to be given to the National Archive. That is the Presidential Records Act. Okay? But if you're using a private gizmo like this under a phony name, as Joe Biden did, all right, how does the archives know that? How do they know it? Remember Hillary Clinton erased all this stuff and this and that? All right, so who better than to tell us is the former U.S. attorney for Utah, Brett Tallman, who joins us now from Salt Lake City. How do they know? How, how did the archives get all the stuff from Vice President Biden? Eight years. He's using pseudonyms. He's using his private phone. He's using public. How do they get it all? 
Bill, thanks for having me on. I think there's really two possibilities here. The first is <clears throat> the Presidential Records Act does not distinguish between personal devices and official. So any communication or any record that's created while he is vice president, it uh, doesn't matter the device. Now, most presidents and vice presidents will take control, they'll delete, they'll do away with personal information that they don't want the archives to, to have. But if they don't, the archives are the ones who they have the computer forensic experts that come in and they take devices and they take laptops and everything else and they extract from it all records. So even they if you second, erase stuff, they can reconstitute it, right? That's correct. And, yep. and they, they, they let's let's just keep it in Biden's uh, ballywick right now. So that Biden has to turn over all the things that he did for eight years, any communication, private or public, he by law has to turn over to the National Archives, right? Yeah, that's correct, Bill, because right as soon as he's done being in office, the, the ownership of that transfers to the actual National Arch Archivist. So the ownership is no longer Joe Biden's and he has to transfer it over and they then take the time to go through it. You know, the the other way in which they can make they can take possession or find out about these documents is the sloppiness of Joe Biden. If he uses, you know, his other devices, his his official computers or laptops or phones, and he uses those emails, which, you know, any any device that you use, whether it's official or not, you have access to all of your email accounts there. My guess is it was a combination of both sloppiness by vice president and then turning over the records and the archivist then retrieved all documents. Okay, so if you, don't, if you don't turn them over, you can be charged with a crime like Donald Trump is being charged with for all the stuff he had in his Mar-a-Lago basement, right? That's correct. It's, it's not historically been handled that way. There's negotiations and you hand over and they, they eventually you, both sides are satisfied. Um, but you, you can violate the law. And we, we see that that's at issue. Well, that's in what Hillary Clinton case. did. And, and she exactly erased right. all this stuff. I wonder if they reconstituted that stuff. Um, but anyway, so 62,000 pages of stuff from Joe Biden as vice president, some of which he used a pseudonym, a phony name, is coming into the House. That's going to take a while to sort through all of that. Okay, now my column that I wrote, I thought it was one of the best columns I've written um, on BillOReilly.com. Just details the corruption. Because I don't want a he said, she said, I don't want two sides to the story. All I want to do is report what we know to be true. Do you, did I leave out anything or did I do anything that wasn't uh, accurate? No, it was very timely and, and it hit me personally because um, I've, been, I've been wondering how individuals that are on the left and still supporting Biden, you know, how do they come to the conclusion that nothing, you know, that nothing's been found in, improper? And I spoke to a, a lawyer friend of mine in New York and we had a conversation. He's very left uh, of center. And he had no idea what I was talking about when I outlined some of the things that you and I have discussed about what's been, you know, what's come out in the investigation, what the House has uncovered, the monies. The, and, and I was flabbergasted, but it tells you that we're all in these silos and, and he's walking away thinking to himself that this is all, you know, fake and phony on the right. 
while we sit there and we look at this and we're stunned by it. So your column was perfect to point out that everybody's, you know, manipulated by the media. That is corruption. But but it's the lazy that are not going to find out the truth. OK, so, you know, as a historian, uh, we're going through now every president because we're coming out with a new book in September uh, to coincide with the election cycle of 24, the presidential election. And we're going over everyone, the scandals they had, the problems they had. U.S. Grant had a lot of problems with his cabinet. Harding was ridiculous. Nixon was absurd. And I think that they put in the taping after JFK um, and Johnson and then Nixon. Now all calls going into the White House are taped, right? <laughs> That's me. correct. They're, they're all right. taped. So they're all, all of that, Right. All it's taped and logged. That goes to the archives. It's just these new devices. And I'm sure there are ways to get around them, but I'll be interested to see the analysis of the 62,000 pages coming in to the House this um, cycle. Last question. You're, you've been around for a long time. The FBI is supposed to be the primary investigating agency at corruption at this level, correct? Absolutely. It is. Front lines. It isn't. The FBI chief, Ray, works for Merrick Garland, the attorney general. Merrick Garland works for Joe Biden, the president. So you've got this agency who's done absolutely nothing to investigate the Biden family grift. They know it's up between 20 and 30 million and no agents have been assigned to investigate it at all. Yeah, and, and Bill, you look at that indictment, an entire half of the investigation is missing. Typically, a task force is formed between the IRS and the FBI, and the FBI chases down the other half of the investigation, which is the movement of the money, the um, establishment of the conspiracy, the fake and phony you know, companies, and then the movement of international money into the United States. Um, that All that is handled by the FBI. They're the front runners on, on pure corruption cases like this. It should have been done. It's, it's, it's so obvious to those of us who have worked on these types of cases that that case in California was absolutely a product of let's get out there, you know, a few of these charges against Hunter and hopefully it deflects from the fact that we are missing half of the entire investigation. Yeah. And that Estrada guy, you know him? The, uh, I, I do not. I do not know him. I'm, I'm shocked that, um, you know, there used to be a time, there used to be a time when U.S. attorneys, they didn't take their marching orders from Maine Justice in Washington, D.C. That time is, is over. Wait, wait. And he's still there. And this is, this yeah. goes back to Merrick Garland, who the attorney general is going to get down to history as one of the most corrupt attorney generals we've ever had. All right, Brett, Tom, and everybody, Merry Christmas, Brett. Thanks for helping us out. Really appreciate Thank you. it. You're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Did you know water heaters last about 10 years, refrigerators typically about 13? Every day in our homes, we rely on aging systems and appliances. I do. That means it's time to consider safeguarding your budget from unexpected expenses. American Home Shield has a solution. Pick a plan that's right for you. And when a covered item in your home breaks, contact their professionals to repair or replace it within the agreed upon coverage limits. It's that easy. 
to stay stress-free and limit budget-breaking surprises. Right now, take $50 off. Please go to ahs.com slash bill to save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash bill. $50 off any plan. American Home Shield protect what you don't expect. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining us now from Tallahassee, Florida, is a man named Seamus Brunner. He's got a new book out called Controlagarchs, exposing the billionaire class, their secret deals, and the globalist plot to dominate your life. Well, I don't like that. So on the cover, you got Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, who's a founder of the World Economic Forum, Jeff Bezos. There they are, the billionaires trying to dominate my life. I don't like that. Seamus, you got to stop it. You got to stop it right now. Um, so you got this Davos thing coming up in January in Switzerland. They do it every year, right? All these billionaires go in there and they do secret stuff. Are you going to Davos this year? Are you going to be there? I'm thinking about it. I don't think they'd let me in, though. It's uh, notoriously secretive, and uh, you know they they might just arrest me if I showed up. So, no, they can't I, arrest I, I'm you. I'm thinking about it, though. We'll see. Yeah, the Swiss the Swiss authorities can't arrest you, and the Canton they don't have counties in Switzerland. They have cantons. They won't bother you now. If you try to crash a private meeting, then the bodyguards that'll be there will beat the tar out of you. So be careful. But if you want to go and wear a little ski cap and just kind of putter around, you can go. Now, I haven't finished your whole book, but I've, I've read enough of it to get the flavor of it. You kind of veer in and out of the conspiracy stuff. I'm not saying this as a negative, but there's a big crew that believes that these billionaires want to dominate the world in a variety of different ways. Okay, And they do all kinds of nefarious things to amass even more power. What I want to do today is run down one by one. All right. We know about Soros. We don't have to. That's established beyond any doubt. Trying to undermine Judeo-Christian traditions in America. He's been doing it for decades. His son, Alex, is now uh, in charge. What about Mark Zuckerberg? On page 234 of uh, Controlagarchs, you mentioned that Zuckerberg pumped $400 million into the 2020 election where Biden beat Trump and Trump says it was crooked. I haven't been investigating that as well because that caught my eye. I can't come up with where this 400 million actually went and what it did. But you're smarter than I am. Tell me, where's the 400 million? Yes, yeah, so he pumped it through two nonprofits. And you see that. That's a common theme. I mean, you see it with these ad boycotts where Soros is pumping money through tides, through the uh, into media matters. Uh, Laureen Powell Jobs features in this book, and she's doing the same thing through organizations like Acronym, which is, was uh, 
funding another ad boycotter, Nanda Jim, uh, Nandini Jama, um, Sleeping Giants, who I know you're familiar with them. Um, but Mark Zuckerberg, he does the same thing. He puts it into the Center for Tech and Civic Engagement um, and another equally, uh, you know, sort of obscure sounding organization sounds totally innocent. Um, and then what those organizations did is they went into mostly blue areas and purple districts and they put the drop boxes and they funded the uh, election infrastructure, um, which has now been banned in a lot of states, by the way. The Zuckerbucks have been banned. Unfortunately, what hasn't, and, and it's free speech. I mean, right, Soros will say that funding media matters is free speech, but that's just uh, you know another example of the many ways these control oligarchs are kind of putting their fingers on the scales of our election. You know, it's they say the money is the free speech, but then they're censoring shows like uh, you know yours and others. They're trying to anyway. They want to do the ad boycotts and uh, stuff like that. So they're very against First Amendment, although they hide behind it. All right, but let's get back to the 400 million. So Dropbox is okay, but they were legal in Wisconsin and, and Michigan and states like that, where a lot of this money went in. Do you think that Zuckerberg is financing anything that's illegal? Well, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm sure many lawyers have looked into it. The states have changed their laws. That was kind of the problem is, and that's a problem with so many of the things we investigate at the Government Accountability Institute, is it's actually legal. It just doesn't seem right that okay. a, a billionaire should be able yeah, to finance. Yeah, because I haven't found it either, although this extraordinary amount of money going into 20 counties, all of which uh, voted for Biden, I believe all of them did. This guy, I don't know. It, it's really shady. Now, Jeff Bezos uh, is a billionaire, and uh, for me, all he does is buy stuff for himself. <laughs> he owns the Washington Post. Okay, that's for sure. All right. And that's a far left progressive organ. But does Bezos, I mean, every time I turn around, he's buying another yacht or another house, and he and his girlfriend are w out there doing stuff. I, I don't know. Is he a threat, Bezos? Well, you keyed in on two of the more uh, libertarian, at least they were originally, uh, of the control oligarchs, Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos. I mean, I, I traced their their leanings all the way back to their beginnings. And, and Bezos was, to his credit, originally quite libertarian. But in recent years, you know, he goes to Davos. He's, he's set up these climate change initiatives, uh, like the Bezos Earth Fund. That's, you know, he's poured $10 billion into that. And so on its surface, the climate change initiatives, that's probably his biggest philanthropic endeavor. The climate change initiatives seem great. You know, it's saving the planet. It's a very ambitious goal. But what we see with the climate change initiatives are they're really about seizing control over the energy sector. And so I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, imagine you, it's the middle of winter. Imagine you go to your thermostat. You just woke up uh, in the middle of the night shivering and you try to turn up the heat in your home. Well, you can't, it's been locked. You've, you've lost control over your own thermostat. Uh, this may sound like a conspiracy theory, but it actually asked the residents of Denver, Colorado, uh, in, in Texas, this has happened. And in California with these uh, flex alerts, they are taking over control of the smart thermostats. Now this is made by companies like Amazon and Google. Uh, and you didn't really realize when you clicked the I agree box to have the smart home, you know, temperature monitoring, but that's exactly what you're doing is you're turning no, over control of your home temperature. Right. So before you click anything, you better know. What about Bill Gates? I mean, he's one of the first Microsoft guy, you know, he's got a lot of money and 
uh, running around. Uh, what'd you find out about him? Yeah, well, he's waging war on our small, uh, you know, small holder farmers, generation owned farms. Uh, he's he's waging war on privacy through his digital ID initiatives. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, he and the United Nations announced that they will be rolling out a digital ID regime in 50 countries within five years. That's going to totally obliterate your privacy, and they'll they'll sell it to you under the guise of convenience. I don't know about you, but it's it's not very hard for me to pull my driver's license out of my wallet. I don't need it centralized in a Microsoft database. Uh, he's he's waging war on other things too, information. Why does he want? Uh, you know, we, why does he want that digital ID? What's the rationale behind it? He's he's been uh, in you know invested in and very interested in digital ID for over 15, 20 years. He says it's a great way to store things like your vaccination records and your medical your medical records. I mean, ultimately what he likes is collecting lots and lots of data. And data, according to the World Economic Forum visionary Yuval Noah Harari, the people who control the data control the entire world. And so what this is all leading towards actually, Bill, is uh, a universal basic income driven by artificial intelligence job losses. Wow. Sam Altman. Well, yeah, it's, I, it's you a You might be a little future. bit ahead of yourself, but do you think, last question for you, Gates is nefarious? Do you think, or just misguided? There's a difference between a Soros, who's a bad guy, and somebody who's climate change crazy or, you know, wants the ID because it's easier, whatever. Would Gates be, in your opinion, you wrote the book, you're an expert, nefarious? That's a strong word. Uh, you know, I read all the memoirs of his, uh, you know, his dad and his relatives. His sister said he was nasty. His dad said that he was constantly at war for control with his parents. His mother uh, pleaded and pleaded with him to be more charitable, you know, as he was, uh, you know, accumulating what amounted to making him the world's richest man, billions and billions of dollars. His mother begged him to give it away to charity. He wouldn't. So it was really only after the Justice Department started investigating Microsoft that he sets up his philanthropic foundation in rebrands. Um, I don't know if I'd call him nefarious, but I would definitely say he's uh, control happy. He likes to control things. That's a direct quote from him, him and his parents. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's uh, he's just uh, trying to get control of as much as possible. All right. The book is Control of Garks by Seamus. Nice Irish name, Brunner. We appreciate it, Seamus. Thanks for coming on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition. 
there are some progressive people who are bailing, um, and we have one of them on uh, right now. Her name is Kara Dansky. She used to be a progressive. She has a new book out called A Reckoning, How the Democrats and the Left Betrayed Women and Girls. So um, you, uh, Ms. Dansky, were a very committed left-wing individual, right? And now you're not? Is that what I'm understanding? I would actually reframe that. Thanks so much for having me, first of all. Uh, So speaking solely as myself, I registered as a Democrat in 1990 when I turned 18. I'm still a registered Democrat. And what I argue in the book is that so-called gender identity or trans is actually incredibly regressive. Um, So currently, I'm the president of an organization called Women's Declaration International U.S. Chapter, and we bring what we think is a leftist feminist critique of so-called gender identity or trans. And part of the reason I wrote the book is because I'm gravely concerned because we know from polling that Americans across the political spectrum are gravely concerned about men and boys being able to be in women's spaces male prisoners being able to be in women-only prisons, uh, male athletes invading women's sports. We know this from polling that has been done, and viewers would never know this from looking at most media outlets, but most Democrats and most people who identify as liberal or very liberal are completely with us lefty radical feminists on this issue, but we don't get a platform in most mainstream media outlets, which is right. part of why I'm so and that's a hundred percent accurate. But I, I really want to I want to walk through your thinking. Okay, so in chapter one of your book, and I didn't read the whole book, but it, you know, when I do an interview with anybody, I know pretty much what their point of view is. You say people are being forced legally and socially to accept the lies of gender identity. What what are the lies of gender identity, very specifically? Thanks for asking. So every single human being on the face of the planet is either female or male. And it doesn't matter if any individual people have an identity that they claim makes them somehow the opposite sex or no sex or some sort of material, some sort of third sex that simply doesn't exist. And so when I talk about the lie of gender identity, I'm talking about a political movement that is very well-funded and extremely powerful. Okay, let me, is- stop, let me stop you there. So you believe biology, as millions of people do. You're born either a male or a female. Now, in your mind, if you want to change your gender, you can do that now because of medical advances. And if you just want to identify as a woman, even though you're not going to get the surgery, you have the freedom to do that under our Constitution. But you're seeing that the progressive left is taking this further and disturbing, all right, women by allowing men, biological men, into their facilities. They're forcing the women to accept biological men in their facilities. That's the primary beef, right? That's definitely one of them. Uh, We do need to clarify, though, that no matter how many hormones a person takes or how many surgeries a person has, no one ever changes sex. It just doesn't happen. So there are some people who have been lied to and persuaded to undergo invasive, damaging, and harmful 
hormonal treatments and surgeries who now gravely regret it. They were told and promised by the medical professionals that they could change sex and they can't. No one can ever change sex. Well, uh, you know, uh, they, a, a trans uh, man, man going to a woman can't bear a child. You, you're correct in that. Here's the most important question that I have for you. Why? Why does the progressive left want to create gender chaos, which is what I call it, among children, and then supports all of this pronoun garbage, all of this kind of stuff? Why? What is, what is driving that? So there's a tremendous amount of money behind this movement, which I talk about in chapter six of the book. Uh, I talk about Big Pharma and what I refer to as the ghouls in the medical establishment who actually are very actively promoting the idea that people can change sex, even though they know it's not true. Okay, and that's economic based, but I'm talking philosophically. You are absolutely correct. You cannot be a liberal American in this country anymore if you don't accept the fact that people can change their gender and then should have full rights of whatever gender they go to. You can't operate within the liberal precincts if you don't believe that anymore. Why? Why? What ignited this? Well, part of what I'm trying to do with my book is establish that you actually can. You actually can be uh, a liberal or a progressive, if you like, and push back against the homophobic, sexist lie. Tell me one person who has done that in this country with any visibility. Just one. With any visibility, no. And that's, you no. know, I make... You're not going to do it. So you can do it, but nobody is going to do it because they'll be hammered by the media that is sympathetic to the trans situation. You know that's true. Of course. And I say in the book, if even one member of the Democratic Party in Congress, and I would love it if it were a woman, but I'll take it if it's a man. If if one member of uh, one Democrat in the United States Congress stood up and said, no men are women, then the whole thing would crumble because it's all built on a house of cards. And so what I'm saying that. I don't think the press is ever going to, the media is ever going to admit that of what you're saying. And I think that person would be torn to pieces. And as an example to other people who may dare. So I'm going to ask you one more question. The book you know, is The Reckoning. The you book, might be right. And, it, right, and if me, you're right, let me well be. Let me you give you a book a plug, Kara. Let me plug your you. book, all right? That's why you're here. The book is The Reckoning, How the Democrats and Left Betrayed Women and Girls. All right. Now you. You are a very devoted progressive leftist. Are you still apart from this issue? Well, absolutely. But I will you say, are. and I say in the book, yes, uh, I have absolutely no intention of voting uh, in the 2024 presidential election unless the Democrats change course. You might be right that they won't. I am fully They're prepared not. to accept totally right. I, I'm fully prepared to accept that. But what I'm saying is that if they don't, then Democratic women need to speak up with our voices and with our votes. All right. Kara Dansky, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Have a uh, great holiday season. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Here's a gem from the No Spin News Vault. All right, joining us now from Austin, Texas, is a guy I've known for decades, a presidential historian, Douglas Brinkley, author of many, many fine books, the latest being American Moonshot, John F. Kennedy and the Great Space Race. Makes an excellent Christmas gift. All right, based on what I've said so far, uh, Doug, um, what's your impression of the Trump history tour? Well, you know, Bill, it's fascinating because most presidents get out and uh, out of office and try to quickly do a memoir. Uh, I, I noticed that President Trump um, has a book out about more of a kind of photo type of book, but you're really developing a transcript, an oral history um, of Trump. And it's it, his subduedness, um, I find fascinating in the sense that I think he put up his main defense on January 6th with you which is that he did request um, from the Secretary of Defense and to Pelosi um, that there would be more troops surrounding the Capitol. And I think that's um, important to follow that path because that will be Donald Trump's defense uh, in front of the Congressional Commission. Um, And second, when he said nice things about Barack Obama and, and was pretty calm about the Biden family, it showed me, if, if you're correct, and I believe you are, that he's going to be running for president, all things considered, in 2024. He did, I mean, in 2026, he did seem to, um, you know, want to show himself as moving a little bit more towards center-right, not hard-right. Uh, you know, when he's campaigning, he really goes after people, but I think he's taking this exercise with you seriously as creating a more sober-minded, less euphoric or, um, you know, type of, um, you know, memory for people. And it's a strategic move, the way he's playing this right now. Well, and I did have extensive conversations. I'll I'll tell you again that I did not tell President Trump uh, any of the questions. I never do that. I'm a journalist. Journalists don't do that, okay? But I did say that this is very serious because we have four cameras recording everything. We are getting transcripts, and the only two people in the transcripts will have them in the world is me and him. They're not going out to the press. They're not going anywhere. I said, if you want to establish a baseline of your presidency, here is where you can do it. And in front of 12,000 witnesses, okay? So I think the audience was a little stunned. As I said, some of them thought it was going to be some rally and we were going to go sing country music songs. No. Um, But I must compliment the 45th president of the United States. 
He didn't break a sweat. He didn't tell me anything that wasn't untrue. And believe me, we checked. So we checked Christopher Miller. And everything that he said, we checked. All right? Because that's who we are. And so I think the importance of this is vast. And then the success of it, Doug, shows the country how much the press hates Donald Trump and that hatred's going to grow. And even when he has a success like these shows, I mean, more than 30,000 tickets sold in the middle of a pandemic. Who can you know, do Bill, that? It reminds me of uh, when Theodore Roosevelt, who was the last president who was sitting president and then decided to run again as ex-president. We talked about Grover Cleveland doing that in the 19th century. Theodore Roosevelt did it in the 20th. The difference is Donald Trump is not going to run a third party like TR did with the bull moose. He's he's pulling together the GOP. And I think Lindsey Graham early on um, had warned him um, earlier this year that you don't need to go far right anymore. They love you. Um, You can tact a little bit towards the center. And I felt that that was a baseline that he was making with you. And I think your word baseline's the perfect word. I felt that he's really starting to leave tracks on almost like doing a memoir with you, uh, which is gonna have great historic value. And these will get out. Uh, You and President Trump might own the transcripts, but they'll leak out somewhere, somehow, somebody in a crowd that big will have them. And so he has to err on the side, I would think of caution when he's dealing with anything that might have legal implications. But he was trying to come up as a good guy with you with the way I think he answered that Obama question. Um, he's known for the birther bit with Obama. And here he's saying, I like them both. And that will play well for more, more center um, uh, conservatives, but not, not the hard right. Well, look, I, when he asked me about running, I said to him, and, and as I said many times, Doug, presidents from Bill Clinton on have asked me my opinion on certain things. And as an American, I'm, if a president asks me an opinion, I, I'm, I'm going to give him the opinion. All right. So I said, look, if you're going to run again, if you really want to do that, because you know they're going to put you through hell. I mean, as I said, the president's going to hate him more if possible. I, I, I don't know if that's possible, but they are. Okay. You got to run on your record. You got to run on your record. You can't run on draining the swamp or the election was a fraud or, or any of that. You got to run on what you did foreign affairs okay what you did on the border what you did in economics how you contained inflation and i said that's what this is all about i did ask him about the economy not a lot because the economy is kind of a ponderous thing and people understand but you know what he didn't take a lot of cheap shots on biden he a few a few all right that because i asked him flat out i said do you think he's a diminished man do you think he knows what he's doing in there. Now, Trump could have wailed on that. He said, President Trump said, I think other people are advising him and he's, he's doing what they tell him to do. And by the way, do you think that as a presidential historian about Joe Biden? Yeah, Biden's had a very rough year and I, could have, I, I would have thought that Trump on these rallies would have just been punching away at Biden, uh, making inflation the big issue, talking about the uh, failure in Afghanistan, um, the problems with vaccination, dissemination. Um, but instead, he, again, is, is taking a little different tact. I'd be curious to ask you, Bill, 
on COVID, I mean, does he seem to be proud of Operation Warp Speed? Yes. Is that something he's going to run on? Uh, that I don't know about. Actually... I don't know if he'll run on it. He, I think he's going to run more on China owes us and everybody else money. He was hard on that reparations thing, which he had never said before. But what he did say in the area that I got into is Donald Trump's a deal maker. That's how he 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 conducted his whole presidency, making individual deals. Well, he hauled in those pharmaceutical companies and he said, if you can do this, I'll pay you this amount of money. All right. The government will pay you billions and billions of dollars if you can do it. That's how it got done, because they went back and said, whoa, we're going to get all this money. So we full court press it. And I he what he wasn't so going, I did it. I did it. I did it like he usually does. All right. Donald Trump does, does that a lot. He didn't do that this time. He just said we made him a deal as maybe the Godfather once said they couldn't refuse. And it worked. Would you, Bill, consider bringing these out in a book form with with President Trump? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to get through the next two shows. Yeah. So, you know. And, you know, he's going to be judged by crowd size. Uh, that's going to be the media story is how large are the crowds. And your feeling is they couldn't be bigger. Well, is I mean, if you, if you do four shows and you've sold already 30,000 tickets with a, probably another four or 5,000 to come, you do the math. You do the math. Nobody can do that. No one. Yeah, I think I think most ex-presidents, people judge how much advance money they get for their memoir, how much did Barack Obama get paid, or how sure. much. Sure, and, and if Trump money. wanted Trump's uh, the book you mentioned in Trump has sold two hundred thousand copies at seventy-five bucks a pop, and they ran out of books. So I don't, but I'm not even involved with that, and I can't yeah. tell anybody how much President Trump's getting paid. It's my production company, as I mentioned, that's putting this on. But I'll tell you what. There's nobody in the world that could command the kind of money that he's making and the audience that has already purchased the tickets. Yet, if you read on the Internet, you would think that this is a bomb. There's nobody there. Uh, and, and that brings me to my last question for you. This has changed. This is a game changer, Doug. When you can lie about the president of the United States with impunity, you can say whatever you want to say. No matter how unfair and inaccurate it is, then where do we go from there? What's the anecdote to that? What's the antidote to that? Well, I think it's um, you're, it's just showing clips like you're doing and showing the enthusiasm. Uh, you know, people are always on whatever your future performances are. I know you're going to Houston and Dallas. Everybody's looking for Trump to say a blunder, something that's going to be destructive to his career in the media world. Uh, in many ways, if he can come out of all this unscathed, I think he will be advanced. I had one quick question. Is there any possibility, Bill, in the scenario of him becoming Speaker of the House, as some have intimated? If None. You think that's just none? None. So... Um, okay. What the Trump apparatus is now is fundraising for the next run. That's the entire how apparatus. Media, how is he, Trump's media organization going to play into that? Can Listen, he I did, that? I'm not involved with his campaign at all. Um, I had to deal with them as far as uh, marketing these shows. 
So I don't know. I can't answer that question. What I can say with certainty is that he wants to be president again. He believes that he has enough votes to win, particularly because President Biden is doing so poorly and he doesn't believe President Biden has the capacity to come back. You know, with inflation the way it is now in November, 8.3 percent, Doug. Now we're talking a pain level. So it yeah. may be too early for the Republican Party. You know, we'll see next uh, midterms. But Trump really believes that he can do it. And that's where 100 percent of his energy is focused. And he seemed very calm and collected. Did that surprise you that that, that his demeanor was? Well, I um, told him if he wasn't calm and collected, that I would have to hang around with him more. And he didn't want that. <laughs> All right. So that was an incentive. And I was the whip guy. I was the one that told the people who, you know, sort of yell and knock it off. OK, so he didn't have to do any of that. I was the bouncer. Anyway, Doug, look, I, I hope you get to see the Houston show. Uh, if you do get to see it, I'd like you to come back maybe next week and we'll talk about it. Uh, and thank you very much for uh, your comments today. Hey, thank you, Bill. Merry Christmas. See you. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillOReilly.com and sign up to become a premium or concierge member. That's BillOReilly.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.